You guys ever been part of a gender reveal party? Yeah. 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 No one's thrown a fit yet. Yeah. You been part of one? Yeah. Confetti went all over the yard, and it's still there. Yeah. We put um food coloring in um vinegar, put it in like a paper mache volcano, and then we put the baking soda in and whatever color it came out, that was it. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, so gender reveal, it's a thing, right? And and why is it a thing? So this week we're in the topic of manhood and womanhood. Alright? Male and female. What does it mean to be male and female, okay? Um and these gender reveal parties, they're a thing. Why? Why do people want to know the gender of their baby? What do you guys think? Because it changes like, what you have to buy for the baby. Okay, so it might change what you have to buy for the baby, right? What else? Yeah? They like boys better than girls. <laughs> we'll just leave that there. <laughs> Why, why else? Why do we have gender reveal parties? What do you think, Caleb? So they can pick the name beforehand. Okay, so names might narrow, narrow down your name options. Yeah, Ruth? It's not Make sure it's not a boy. Okay. Well, we are headed down a great direction here as we get started. <laughs> right? Well, how about this? Which gender baby you have, it, it, it changes things, right? There's going to be a difference if you have a boy baby or a girl baby. Now, is that difference purely in the color that you paint the nursery? Yeah. No. That's the only difference. No. There's, there's maybe a few more differences, right? They might not be there immediately, okay? But it's going to be different whether you have a boy baby or a girl baby, okay? And this is where our conversation on manhood and womanhood has to start that there is a fundamental difference between boys and girls, men and women, right? So even yesterday, it's so tied to your identity that our child, Maeve, there's two things that she's figured out. One is that her name is Maeve. So anytime that you say, like last night, you know, when I've got four kids and I'm at the end of my rope because I've been in a car for 12 hours, and I say, Autumn, get back up here. She goes, I'm not Autumn. I'm not Autumn, I'm Maeve. (laughs) I know, I know you're Maeve. You are disobeying me, get back up here, right? Or, you know, if you say, hey, you little monkey, she says, I'm not a monkey, I'm Maeve. (laughs) This is true, you are Maeve, you are not a monkey, okay? But then on the car ride, up, she says, Cody a boy, Latham a boy, Moira a girl, Autumn a girl, Maeve a girl, you know, she's, she's figuring it out. This is something that's so essential to her identity. She's got to figure out boy or girl, right? And she's figured out she's a girl. Well, our doctrinal statement, I put these passages in the wrong spot I just realized. We should not be here yet. Um, come on, come on. Our doctrinal statement uh, has a paper at the end of it on what it means to be man and woman according to the Bible. 
And it begins with this paragraph, okay? It begins by saying, at the heart of our created design is our being male and female. This is really important. If you want to understand how to be you well, you need to start by understanding your identity as male or female. It goes on to say, who we know ourselves to be, how we live in relationship with one another and with God, our creator, how we accomplish our mission as God's creatures, what we experience as fullness of joy and flourishing and fulfillment. All of these realities are tied to our being male or female. Which means if you get this wrong, if you try to live outside of who you are supposed to be as a man or who you are supposed to be as a woman, we believe that it will lead to less joy, less fulfillment, less flourishing in life than you were created for. So then our statement goes on to say, it is therefore of crucial importance to answer some foundational questions. What are God's purposes for creating us as men and women? What does it mean to be a man in Christ? What does it mean to be a woman in Christ? Christ? These are big questions. Answering these fundamental questions in a truthful, thoughtful, and loving way is no simple endeavor. So we start right from the outset of saying, this is not easy questions for us to answer. These are not easy questions, especially in a time filled with contention and controversy and conflict over such matters. So who we are as men and women and what that means for us is something that is hotly debated and, and very controversial, okay? Um, you guys know this, right? So, for example, I've been talking for five minutes, and everything I've said so far would be highly offensive to some people. To even come at this from the very outset and saying that you are a man or you are a woman born this way contradicts what our culture teaches us. To say that who you are when your gender is revealed determines how you should live your life contradicts much of what our culture believes. Okay, so this is hotly debated stuff. And so that's why we as a church feel like it's important enough that we need to say, here's where we're, where we're at on this. Here's what we believe about this. Okay, and so that's what we're going to um, get at today, all right? Well, the way we're going to get at it is the way we've been getting at all of our topics, which is we're going to start by looking at what the Bible says. And this is something for us to be really um, akin to, akin to, I don't know what I'm saying, don't use that word. Uh, we, we need to be tuned into this because as I've been reading about complementarianism, which is what we believe, and other views, egalitarianism, feminism, um, one of the key differences right down at the very beginning is how we use scripture, okay? And so we really believe that we need to take our view from scripture. That's what we've said about our view of God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the church, the end times, all of those, we're looking at scripture as our foundation for truth. And for people who believe differently than us, right from the outset, um, they look at scripture differently than we do. So we're gonna lean on scripture and we're gonna say, we think that scripture, written by God through people, teaches us about men and women. And it doesn't teach us in a way that was for those people back then, but it teaches us 
for how we should be men and women now and forever. Okay? Okay. So we're going to look at a couple key passages, and here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to get uh, the junior and senior girls together and freshman and sophomore girls together, so two girls groups. And guys, same thing, junior and senior, freshman and sophomore. Um, the juniors and the seniors, I want you guys to look at those Genesis passages. And the freshmen and the sophomores, I want you to look at the Ephesians passage. And for the girls, you want to take note of what these passages tell us about female roles. Um, and guys, take note of what it says to the guys. And we're going to write them up here, okay? Yes. Oh, yeah, we, you guys. <laughs> How'd you get in here? <laughs> My bad. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's change that split. So sophomores on up will be the older group. Freshmen on down will be the younger group. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Like all the topics, how in the world are we supposed to cover this in one Sunday school time, right? This is an, an amazing amount of stuff. So I'm going to tell you what our church believes and then hopefully have time for a few questions, okay? So here we go. So we believe that the biblical role of manhood, okay, involves a what, a how, and a why, okay? So the what being that it is central to the man's role that they need to lead provide for, and protect uh, the women in their lives. Okay, Lead, provide for, and protect. We see this in the idea that Adam is created first. We see this in the idea that, at, that the man in a family is the head of his wife, like Christ is the head of the church. Okay? Don't try to sniff your coffee. It never, never <laughs> works, right? Drink, drink it. All right? Um, it happens sometimes. How are they supposed to do it? Well, they're supposed to do it with a certain mindset and a certain heart towards the women in their lives. And that heart is the heart of Christ, essentially. It's to be humble, it's to be servant-hearted, and it's to be benevolent, which means it's for someone else's good. Okay? And then why, and this is really important, so that women might flourish in their God-given role. This is really important in how we define these things because so often how we understand what it means to be men and what it means to be women is totally out of whack in the way that we understand it. Even, I, I can tell you, even in some of the conversation I heard in some of the groups and the chuckles and the jokes, it suggests how out of whack we can be and how we understand what it means to be, means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. We've even introduced the idea that there's a little bit of competition already in the room, right? Like, you don't want to have a girl. You don't want to have a boy. There's a little animosity, a little competition. And I can just say that even though these are jokes, and I know that they're lighthearted, they're the roots of what get us away from a biblical understanding of what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. So a man is called to lead and provide for and protect and to do it for the good of those that he's leading and to do it like Christ. Which means that the role of a woman, we believe, is to this idea of being a helper. A helper fit for the man is to respond to, to affirm, and to nurture the leadership of men. And how do they do that? Well, it's not in this kind of silent, sitting back, not engaging it's through strong, joyful, and discerning submission. 
strong and joyful and discerning, meaning it takes a lot of wisdom to submit well, to submit to men. And they do it, women are to do it, so that men might flourish in their God-given role. So I hope that you can see right from the start that there's something really beautiful at work here. Men are supposed to do something to cause women to flourish. And women are supposed to do something to cause men to flourish. Both should be looking at the other side saying, how do I help you to flourish in the role that God has given you? Let's go a little bit deeper and let's explain what this means, this idea that we're complementarian. We believe that men and women are complementarian, which means that they complement each other. Okay? They aren't equals, like side by side, they both are supposed to do everything exactly the same, but they are actually supposed to complement one another. And we define that to mean that they have been given different roles, but they're equal in worth. So when God says male and female, he created them, and he created, sorry, he created them in his image, male and female, he created them, what we see is God created us, male and female, both in God's image, both equal in worth, okay? And the problem with our world is that we so often define ourselves by the roles that we carry out, right? So like who's more important is determined by who's on top, who's leading, who's got the most power, who's got the most money. Well, that's not how God defines who is most valuable. God defines who's most valuable by who bears his image, and we both bear his image. That's why we are set above creation and all the animals, but we bear it equally, so we're equally valuable. We've just been given different jobs, different roles. And the reason we've been given different roles is because we're made in God's image. Now, God, we believe, is a trinity, three persons in one God. And did you know that within the Godhead, there is submission? When we're in the Garden of Gethsemane, what do we hear Jesus pray? Jesus prays, if this cup can be taken away from me, Lord, do it. But it's not my will that I want done. It's your will that I want done. God, the Son, is submitting to God, the Father. If that's how God interacts with himself and we are made in the image of God, well, he has given us roles so that we can image and mirror what he's like. So he's given us someone who's to lead and someone who's to submit so that when people see men and women in complementary relationships, they should know a little bit about God and how God works. Does that make sense? So this is deeply rooted to who we are and who we were created to be, which is why the argument of, oh, well, when Paul says, you know, that women and men are supposed to, like, women submit to men, he's really just kind of old-fashioned, and he's just talking about what life was like a thousand years ago. That's just not a good argument. Because when Paul makes that argument, he refers back to Genesis 1 when he makes that argument, And he's saying, this is how we were made. This is our DNA. This is how God wants us to be from the very beginning. So the question is, can I live out my role now? And I'm talking about you guys. Is this something that I only do when I get married? Or is it something that I can do now? Well, the answer is, you can definitely do it now. So let's think about Jesus. Was Jesus married? No. 
Could Jesus live out biblical manhood with the people around him? Definitely. Definitely. And so can you. So God created each of us in his own image. Oh, that's backwards. Here we go. Let's move forwards. Um, So we can live this out whether uh, men or women, married or single. Um, And here's the questions that I would have you ask yourself. Uh, We believe that biblical masculinity is most fully realized and expressed when men take responsibility for servant-hearted leadership and sacrificial leadership and provision and protection of women in their lives, no matter who those women are. So that could be your mom, it could be your sister, it could be uh, your cousin, it could be your neighbor, it could be someone in your class. And same with women. Biblical femininity is most fully realized and expressed when women wisely respond to and affirm and nurture biblical leadership in men. It could be your dad, it could be your brother, it could be your friend, it could be your boyfriend, it could be your neighbor, it could be your class uh, mate. And so the question I would ask men, guys, as you think about how do I live out this role, here's some questions you should ask yourself. How can I lead, provide for, and protect the women in my life? How can I lead, provide for, and protect the women in my life? And so you might think of a specific situation. When a situation arises, let's say it's a group project at school. Let's say it's a, uh, you know, you're out hanging out with your friends and something weird happens. You know, someone comes up and approaches your friend group and they're a little acting a little bit funny. Whatever it is, when a situation arises, you need to ask yourself, do you think it's my job to humbly take leadership here in a way that will sacrifice my own good for the good of the other people here. That's what guys need to be asking themselves. You need, to, you need to be thinking in terms of how can I lead here in a way that doesn't promote me, might even hurt me, and yet helps to protect and love and uh, provide for the other people here. That's a, that's a guy question. For the gals you would be asking yourself, how can I encourage the guys around me to lead like that? How can I encourage the guys around me to be more like Jesus? How can I encourage the guys around me to take steps in leadership? Um, Knowing that that's their God-given role. Um, I don't want to say too much here because I want to leave some time here. So... There's two primary areas that it talks about it in Scripture, and that's in the home and in the church. And how men and women are supposed to play out those roles are specifically addressed in home and in the church. So let me just stop right there. You guys have questions about how this would look or how this would play out, or even just at the foundation level of, is this really what the Bible says? What questions would you guys have on men and women and roles? Yeah. How would this play out in the role of siblings? In siblings, it's a great question, right? Um, I think that's probably the first place that it's going to play out, right? Um, and so, I think right from the start, we should get away from playing the trump card of age and just saying, I'm older than you, therefore, what I say goes. Okay? We can start thinking in terms of the fact that no matter how squirrely and goofy your young bro- younger brother might be, hypothetically, um, <laughs> at some God, <laughs> no, 
God is calling him to be a leader by nature of him being a boy. Okay? And so there are going to be times when he then there are opportunities for him to lead or for you to lead. And you could say, Kendrick, what do you think we should do here? That would be giving him an opportunity to think about it, right? And then you would say, you know, if he said something that was totally selfish and totally uh, about getting Kendrick all that he wants and not caring what anybody else wants, you would say, that's an interesting choice, Kendrick. That doesn't sound a whole lot like Jesus, does it? (laughs) And then you can just leave it at that. Just let it hang there. Just let it hang there. Okay? That's encouraging him to start thinking in terms of what does leadership look like for me as a Christian guy. I never say that. And he would never say that. It's totally hypothetical. Who's Kendrick? He doesn't even exist. <laughs> okay? Good question. What other questions do you guys have? Yeah? So the workplace, yeah. So that's going to be an interesting application of that where women are going to naturally um, be promoted and get into roles of leadership and management. And is that right? Is that wrong? What does that look like? Um, I would say that the Bible speaks most specifically about leadership in the home and leadership in the church as being these these arenas where we put on display male leadership and female submission. I don't think that the application of that is that any leadership role must be held by a man. But I do think that women can hold those roles in ways where they are uniquely thinking about how to uphold the men that are even underneath them and encourage them in Christ-like leadership qualities um, rather than squashing them and trying to make it clear that their leadership has no place here. Okay, so it's it's more of a principle than a here's you know, uh, men women are forbidden from being in leadership. Okay, in the bro- in the workplace. Any other questions there? Yeah. Um, what about uh, parents and children? Parents and children. Good. Um, so. For example, I think a mother who's raising sons, she should, you know, it is her job to discipline her son and raise him up in the faith, but she should do it in a way where she's looking for opportunities to create leadership, Christ-like sacrificial leadership in her son, okay? So she might look for ways for her son to open the door for her or his sisters. She might encourage her son you know, if, if she tells her son to do one thing and her daughters to do a different thing and he says, well, that's not fair. My job's different than their job. She can say, let me talk to you about why your job is different. God has called you to do something different fundamentally than your sisters, okay? Um, and, and a son can learn to be a sacrificial leader towards his mother Not that his mom is going to turn around and start obeying him. No, that's not what it's going to happen. But he can start serving his mom, not when she asks him, but of his own desire. He can come to his mom and say, Mom, how can I help you? And as he does that, he's learning to practice what it means to be a Christ-like male leader towards the women in his life. And, And then you could flip it around. You could talk about dads and daughters. 
and talk about how a dad can encourage um, wise and discerning submission in his daughter. So for example, I'm not going to tell my girls, dear, the Bible says you need to submit, so whichever Joe walks into your life and tells you to do something, you should do it. I'm going to teach my daughters what wise biblical submission looks like. It is you need to understand that you need to encourage these roles in the guys in your life, and there's a lot of dumb guys in your life. And they're going to try to abuse these roles. And they're not going to live out these roles well. And you need to be careful about how close you let your heart get to a guy like this. And you need to look for a guy who, when he wants to lead you, he leads you like Jesus leads you for your good, not in a way that is for his good so that he can say, oh, I'm the boss, blah, 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 blah. Okay? So I'm going to teach my daughters what wise submission looks like. Okay? The last thing I'll say is this. The Bible does not say anything about capability, that, this is, this, that, that your role is tied to your capability. The Bible is not saying, well, men are more capable of, of doing these things, and women just aren't capable. That's not what it's saying. In fact, I think most guys here would know if they just looked at their classroom um, and who gets the highest scores on some of their tests, you would know that there are plenty of very capable girls in your classroom, all right? I know that when I went to grad school, um, there was a gal named Becky. There weren't a lot of gals in my grad school, but there was a gal and at Wheaton College. Um, they have lots of people who apply for their doctrinal program to be, get their doctorate there. Lots of people, and lots of people get turned down. Right? Well, they had an opening one year. A guy dropped out, and, and she was one of my classmates, and everybody knew that she was the best at Hebrew and the best at Greek and the best in all of our classes. And they went to her, and they said... We have this opening, and I know you haven't even applied, but will you please apply for the doctorate at our school so that we can give it to you? We really think that highly of you. Now, guess who they didn't come and say that to? This guy. Okay? And if they had, I would have said, you should talk to her. She's way better at this than I am. So it's not a question of capability. Okay? It's a question of role and how God has created you and living into that role. So much more we could say on this topic Let's talk more. If this is something that you're like, man, wow, this has kicked up a lot of stuff that I want to talk about, keep the conversation going, okay?